And we're back. And um, yeah, I know it's been um, a couple weeks since we last recorded an episode, but welcome anyway to another episode of Elgrim of the Podcast. I'm, as, as always, I am your host, Abdullah, and with me as always is my co-host, Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. And um, this is being recorded the day after the Oscars, so if you if you want if you don't want to get spoiled, <laughs> which I mean, if you're the type of person who doesn't like um a, a what was it award shows getting spoiled, then you might not want to listen to this. <laughs> if you're like the type yes. of person who likes to watch pre-recorded um award shows <laughs> and doesn't want to get spoiled, then tough shit. Yeah. Um, I I really have nothing to say, honestly, because I, I honestly I honestly was really disappointed this year. Like this year's yeah. nominations were just meh. Like, yeah, there were, yeah, there was some interesting choice choices, and then a lot of it was like whatever. Huh? Yeah. Um, should we rack off some of the categories here? Um, because I've got the whole entire list in front of me with all the winners. I mean, uh, I remember, I know that the biggest shocker, well, I wouldn't even call it a shocker, was like a Shape of Water winning best um, Go, best Go. picture. I think Guillermo del Toro was ready to win best picture and best director at some point, and I think there's no other time that he would have won it now than than later on. You know, so it was it was he's guaranteed to win it at some point. It was just the Oscars thinking. Where should he win it? And it's like, well, we did the Shape of Water and we got, we got the best overall scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, let's go with that then. Because I haven't seen Shape of Water and I quite it, honestly have no interest in seeing it, so I I, I don't wouldn't know the quality of the film. It's decent. I, I I enjoyed it. It's an interesting concept about a mute girl who's um who's basically working in a special government scientist lab, and then she just unveiled the creature. Um, the creature that's living, that's being kept there and being experimented on, and then she starts to grow a relationship with this said creature and stuff like that. And um, you follow their journey about their day-to-day activities, and then stuff starts to go wrong. And yeah, it's it's one of these weird things. It's a it's a romantic film, but in the theme of a science fiction film. I mean, because this is like uh, classic Del Toro, where he did where he took like weird concepts and just made an entire movie based around them. Yeah, and. I like the creature's design because the creature's design is pretty much almost one to one to the design of the creature Black Lagoon design almost. Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of the main inspiration, and plus it's yeah, played okay. by Doug Jones, so there you go. Well, Doug, Doug Jones is the guy you get if you want someone in a suit. <laughs> Let's be honest, he's the guy. Because he's like him and Ron Perlman are the only two uh, the only two people I can think of that can work well with prosthetics, which is a shame because oh, yeah. prosthetics are a lost art now. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad, but it, it worked well in this film, and I thought it was spectacular the way they shot it and the way they filmed it. I thought it was a very good, nice film, to be honest. I mean, it's it's nowhere near as, like, I wouldn't put it up anywhere near as good as, like, his, his earlier work, because I think early Del Toro... Early Del Toro is, was really good, I, I would say, and I'm, I'm more of a fan of early Del Toro when we're talking about, like, you know, his early stuff, because I, I love Kronos. I think Kronos is a very underrated movie. And it's yeah. one of the most interesting vampire movies ever made. That I think it doesn't get the love it deserves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the films that were on the list for Best Picture, there's actually quite a lot this year, actually, a lot of nominations. Um, Call Me By Your Name, I didn't see that. Um, Darkest Hour, good film, I thought. Dunkirk, again, another one that deserved to be on the list. Get Out, um, didn't see it, but heard good things about it. Lady Bird, which would have been my pick for, for winning it, to be honest. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of yeah. good things about Lady Bird, but I, but you know, it just it just kind of went under the radar after a while. Yeah. 
Then you had the Phantom Fred. Um, I don't know anything about that. The Post, don't know anything about that either. And the three billboards outside Eddie and Mosley, which I didn't, I don't know nothing about either. So, I mean, a lot, a few handful of good, decent films. Some films I didn't hear of, but then uh, some films I have heard good things about. So, it was a good list of people. Up, up for said award, um, awards for best picture, but The Shape of Water was the one that won it. I mean, and and I think that's. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with it because I like Del Toro and I think he deserves it. But I think, you know, if you're going to give him an Oscar, it should have been for fucking Pam's Labyrinth, to be quite honest. Cause that oh, Pan. Much... Oh, yeah, much better film. <laughs> but I, I, I think at the time he wasn't that well-known. He wasn't that established or critiqued as a director by the industry yet. So, yeah, I think The Shape of Water, I think it was just such a unique concept that hasn't really been done before. The only film I can think of, uh, I did see something online recently that did compare it, and it was a film called, um, what is it, um, Splash? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that mermaid movie with Tom Hanks? Yes. A lot of people comparing it to that, and I'm like, and then when we start thinking about it, oh my god, it is, isn't it? Oh god, I remember, remember that Adventure Brothers joke where Orpheus is like looking out at his old uh, DVR and and he and he's like, uh, "Honey, uh, did you uh, did you is there did did they leave anything for me?" It's like, no, no, I just I just um uh no nothing yet, just this weird videotape and don't record over my uh, copy of Splash. And he's like, "What? <laughs> Why would you have a copy of Splash?" <laughs> 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 Oh my god, that's amazing! Cause, cause that was like one of the most random jokes in that show, and I, and, I, and it's and it's sad it made me laugh because I actually remember what fucking splash was. I remember, I even remember fucking Eugene Levy was the bad guy. In that. Yeah, that would mean that's also the only comparison I can think of. But again, when you look at these concepts for what for the concept of it, science fiction romance, they haven't really done a huge amount of that in recent time i can think of or i cannot can't name anyone off the top of my head that did very well doing those two genres and they managed to do it in this film and it was a very nice shot film it had some very good prosthetics it did have some very good camera work and it did have a good story for it and the production design for it was very good it really captured the time period as well it was set in yeah because this is like uh, like i said this is del toro going back to his roots like yeah. you know, period pieces with weird shit in them Exactly, and I also the other thing I thought it stood out very well was was the um, music for it, the original score for it, the music composite the film very well. I felt, yeah. I mean, and and it's just I, I don't know. I mean, I I I I have no interest in seeing it, but at the same time, it's like it's it's Del Toro going back to his roots, and I'm like, yeah. you know, I like early Del Toro. I mean, I like Kronos, I like The Devil's Backbone, I love Pam's Labyrinth, so maybe I'll enjoy this. I don't know. I, I think I think you might like it. My mind is just go in it, go just go to the film with an open mind because it's one of those things that um, people go and see it because they heard such good things about it, expect a lot from it. But thing is, I went into it without reading anything about it, only just by its namesake and the concept of it, and I really enjoyed it for what it was, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's really Del Toro, like I said, and, and I like that he's going back to his roots, and I think, yeah, it's, it is kind of a shame we never got Hellboy 3, but, you know, if he wants to go back to his roots, then let him, you know, yeah. he's done, he's done your big, he's done big budget 
uh, blockbusters with Hellboy, Hellboy Two, and Pacific Rim. I think he deserves going going back to his roots as a director. And look what he did—he did go back to his roots, and he won Best Picture and Best Director. So go <laughs> <Yeah>. figure. <laughs> Ironically enough, in the same month, uh, Pacific Rim 2 is coming out. <laughs> Which he has nothing involving in, apart from being the producer on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, this is going to be my feel-good moment because they're going to bastardize Pacific Rim, so just just saying. <laughs> yeah. But no, some of the other awards that came out as well, like Best Actress, um, Frances McDorn won Frances the award. McDorm. Yeah, she won it. Um, great actress, she's been in tons of films and... I'm not 100% sure. Um, I think she won uh, a Karen Award for Best Actress before Ready, so I think this is like her second one. Oh, good on if her. Not so she done well. She was in the um, the film that she won it for was the three billboards outside um, Eddie and Mosey. And like I said, I, I don't know nothing about it. I heard nothing about it. Um, I think it wasn't even... But the weird thing is, one of, it was one of these films that it was a drama film that did had a co-production being made in the UK and United Kingdom. And it's one of these weird things when you just sit, sit down and hear about this. Like nothing, this film wasn't advertised here at all, even though it was partly made here in the UK. Yeah, it's kind of like looking back at some like older cartoons and realizing, oh, it's a French production as well. Because a lot of people yeah. don't know this, but the original Inspector Gadget was a co-produced, uh, was co-produced in France. The same with um, Sonic Underground. Yep. That was co-produced in France as well, so and Code Yoko as well. And uh, Sonic Boom is a French cartoon. Yeah, I know it's it's very bizarre. It's very very bizarre. Um, and you, and you, you look at you look at stuff like that and you wonder is is this big in 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 that in their respective countries? But you know, getting off topic. But um, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen Three Billboards. I have heard a lot of polarizing opinions about it. So. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't hear it until just looking at this, to be honest, and just quickly looking up about bit bit background behind it. And um, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Um, the next one on this list is um, Best Actor, I'm Gary actually, Oldman. I'm actually shocked Gary Oldman won for Churchill. I did not think that I he seen, was. I seen the film. My God, he is a convincing Churchill. Hands down. He even looks like him. And then... You realize how much makeup that went on him and prosthetic went on to him to make him look like Churchill. Oh my God, it's a lot. And I can totally understand why. It, he won the award. He was so convincing. And I was watching an interview here in the UK. They had Winston Churchill's secretary come in on the film set and he had a conversation with Gary, um, Gary Oldman about Churchill and he was, ask, he was asking her questions about what is he like, how is he and stuff like that. And then the next day they had her on set once he was in all costume, all makeup and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, my God, that that is him sort of thing. So he embodied the role perfectly, apparently. And in the film, he was really good. So I'm I'm not too surprised, to be honest, that he won it. And I think he deserved it. Because I think it's shot. I didn't didn't even think that he was going to get nominated for that. But I think, you know, good on him. It's it's Gary Oldman. What what more do you want me to say? I mean, he's, he's one of the best actors of our generation. Yeah, and I mean, it was a co-UK and United States project, sort of thing, more UK than American, that contributed towards it, and yeah, it, it did well. Um, I, I mean, I'm happy that he, it, he won an award. Um, it, the film won an award for something, and it got Best Actor, so I'm not complaining. Um, okay, um, next one on this list is Best Original Screenplay, which is Get Out. 
Okay. Do you know I about mean, the it, film it's, Get it, Out? It's, it's 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 one of those pity awards, honestly. Like I never understood the, yeah. the the whole best original screenplay and and best adapted screenplay. Adapted awards. is basically if it's based on a material that was originally founded beforehand. So let's say, for instance. If I write a film that was a Spider-Man film, that's a best adaptation of based on something. An original screenplay is an original idea that's just in that film. That's not based on like a book, a novel, or anything like that, you know? Yeah, I, I know, but but at the same time, it's just that they feel like pity awards, quite honestly. Well, I, I mean, original original screenplay, I think that's a that's a fine enough award. That's I mean, that's good. If if you were the writer, if you were the writer or writers for said film, and you win that award for for your film, that's not bad to say when you go to your next interview or whatever you do to try to pitch a film and stuff like that. You can say, well, I was part of the team that wrote. Oh, I was the writer that won the film Best Original Screenplay for, you know? Oh, yeah, I remember, now thinking back about it, I think, um, what was it, Matt and, Matt and Ben won Best uh, best, screen, best Original Screenplay for Goodwill Hunting, which well, yeah. no one saw coming. That would mean, it's like, what was it, um, was it Matt Damon and, um, oh, God, what was his name? Ben Affleck won best yeah. uh, won best screenplay writers for yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, they did. So yeah, and and it's... ironically enough, the same year Robin Robin Williams won best, um, best supporting uh, supporting actor in it's that actor. movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just... And uh, yeah, and then uh, next one, um, best adapted screenplay, um, the one that won it called Call Me by Your Name, which I don't know anything about, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I was actually kind of disappointed that like Logan didn't win or the Disaster Artist didn't win. Disaster Artist should have won it. I know. It really should have won it. Cause I love that movie. I fucking adore that movie. That movie I think is one of the best movies of of last year, and it's just it's such a shame that the Academy didn't nominate it for more awards. Cause I think, especially Franco, I think Franco, his performance in that movie was just crazy dead on. Yeah. And it just, it's so insane. It's so insane. I mean, yeah, um, you know, so you can say, um, you can say whatever about his brother, uh, Dave. I mean, he, he, you know, he, you know, and, and his acting in that movie, but, you know, James was just phenomenal in that movie. I yeah. mean, he was just, he nailed the accent, he nailed the mannerisms, he nailed everything about Lyso, and it just, it's so insane. Yeah. I mean, he really went to work on it, and uh, I mean, um, the film that did want it was called Call By Your Name is, well, again, like I said, the best adaptation was called, it was based on the 2007 novel of the same name, and um, yeah, um, I mean, I haven't seen the film, so I can't really say about about what is it like, um, I don't know how good it is, but well, good on them for winning it. That's pretty much what I'd say. It kind of sucks that Logan didn't win it, but again, I wasn't expecting it to win because the Academy, we all know their opinions with comic book films. Yeah, that, that, that pisses me off as well. I think I will say this right now, and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but the fact that Logan wasn't nominated for Best Picture or Patrick Stewart wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor just really pissed me off so much. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just thought... It, I mean, that's, it, it's the Cameron Award all over. They're, if they ever want to address a comic book film, they normally put it into like best uh, 
like best special effects or production design or whatever. You, you know, that's normally how it goes. Um, like they do with Star Wars now. <laughs> I remember the days yeah, when exactly. Star Wars used to be a big deal, but it's not anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, um, best film editing. Um, funny enough, Dunkirk beat out Baby Driver, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you know, I, I I think it was kind of like the pity award for Dunkirk because it's like you know people are gonna get pissed off that Dunkirk didn't win anything. So here you go, here's the one award. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, Dunkirk won that. Um, best animated feature. Surprise, surprise, Coco won it. Oh, yeah. Oh, big shocker. A fucking Disney movie wins best picture? Best animated Pix- picture? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Pixar. Uh, be fair, out reading the list, again, it beat Boss Baby. But I'm also disappointed that, you know, uh, Loving Vincent was on there and it just didn't. Oh, win. yeah. That's, that is sad. That's the only. Thing I would say that was kind of disappointing about it. It's like Loving Vincent was a beautiful film, but again, I've seen Coco and Coco. I'm not gonna lie, it's a fucking good film. <laughs> it's a it's a good film. I mean, but, I, lo- I love yeah. Coco as well. I mean, the yeah. only thing I, I I dislike about it was the villain, but uh, other than that, oh yeah, the was, villain yeah. Was, was really good, and I recommend everyone watch it. And but at the same time, it's like, you know, is it winning because it's a good movie or is it winning because it's a fucking Disney movie? Yeah, exactly. Um, then we got um, Best Cinematography, um, which is the one I'm really surprised about. Blade Runner 2049 won it. I'm actually shocked Disaster Artist didn't get Best Cinematography because, um, again, going back to how great Franco was. and Watch the, the introduction to Tommy in that movie and tell me that wasn't fucking brilliantly shot. Oh yeah, shot the shot that yeah. sequence. I did not. I did not hear the. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> and not not even the introduction to Tommy in the movie. You remember, like when he's auditioning, and then you know. You oh hear, god. That yeah. was brilliantly well done in cinematography wise, and it just pisses me off. It didn't get nominated for more awards. Yeah, but I mean, look, look in the list of the nominations for it. Not bad choices, actually. They all had had pretty really good camera work and um, camera people working on it. So. Shock Baby Driver yeah. didn't win because Baby Driver had beautiful cinematography. I know. But again, I think they don't want to bring too much attention to Baby Driver just because of um, there's a certain individual in the film they don't <laughs> be to address. Well, like I said, like I said to Netflix on, on Twitter today, you can you can uh, damage control all you want. doesn't change the fact that Spacey's a piece of shit. Yeah. So moving on to um, away from the piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> best, best production design. Um, the Shape of Water won it. It beat out Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner, and Beauty and the Beast. So, yep, Good, I'm fine with that. Because fuck uh, Beauty and the Beast. So, yeah, this is Best Visual Award. Blade Runner won it again. It beat out Guy of the Galaxy 2, King Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War of the Planet of the Apes. I can't really get too mad about it because it actually does look beautiful, so... Yeah, I, I mean, from what I've seen from the trailers, and I, I've actually watched the film recently, I still don't like the film, but it's a beautifully shot film with very nice visuals, and it really does mirror the original very well. I just don't like the story. <laughs> oh, God, you actually watched it? Holy fuck. <laughs> yes, I, did. I have. I've watched it recently since it came out, and yeah. Please tell me you did not pay money for this. No, 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 no. I borrowed it off. I borrowed it off a friend of mine. He had a copy of it, and he said, "Oh, watch it. Do you want to borrow it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I gave it a watch, and I just basically I, I had a whole entire day free doing nothing, so I thought, you know what, I might as well give this a watch. 
And I basically sat down. I went, oh, okay. This <laughs> I, exists. I went, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I've been on a run on this podcast before about how much I don't like the film, but I'm not going to get into it. I will be here all day. Um, I can't argue it's a beautifully shot film with very good visuals that to time to time mirror the original film. And it did a fantastic job doing it. So I can't really complain about that. Um, I just um, don't like the story. I just don't like the story. But unlike <laughs> the original movie, it doesn't have any substance. Yeah, exactly. The substance basically, yeah, no, it doesn't really have substance or story. Um, best makeup and hair, hairstyles, darkest hour. Yep, I'm happy with that. Well, I mean, they have just, to win because they they made fucking Oldman look like Churchill. Know, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not surprised there. Best sound mixing. Oh boy, um, Dunkirk won it. And the tenders on this were Baby Driver, Blade Runner, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people wanted Baby Driver to win this one. But we know why they didn't win. Yeah, exactly. You know. just, yeah, they, they want to keep it away from that person much more. That kind of sucks at Baby Driver. The sound, the, the, the way they did the mixing with the sound and the sound editing in that film was really good. And this is the thing I will give credit to Edgar Wright with his thing. His editing and his sound mixing in his films are really superb and very well done. And I think the reason why he started out as, a, from what I've been told, he started out as an editor before he became a director, you know? Like, he used to edit adverts and stuff like that and small videos. Like, he spent hours doing editing work. I mean, yeah. I mean, just go watch uh, Hot Fuzz again. Hot Fuzz is a beautifully edited movie. Not a single moment where it felt like it dragged, and that's amazing. That's the same with um, Shaun the Dead, I would say as well. So, oh god, if you if you have, if you guys have the Shaun of the Dead Blu-ray or DVD, listen to the commentaries because they are oh, fucking funny. hilarious. There's a great one. Um, yeah, the commentary for those films are fantastic. I think the only film I don't really like, like of Edgar Wright's is the um, End of the World film, but the less said about that, the better. Um, yeah, moving on to the next one. Best sound editing. Dunkirk won that. We just explained. Yeah, so. Um, best costume design. The Phantom um, Fred won it. Which I have not seen, but I've heard good things about that. Yeah, I've heard good things about it as well. I saw. Uh, this one I actually did see advertising for, actually, in the UK that actually advertised the film. Um, yeah, um, I've got no problem with that. Um, if they managed to um, create the time period and managed to match it pretty well. Hello, they they done their job. they done their job correctly and they done it well. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, no complaints on my end, so... <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, best original school, The Shape of Water. Again, sound music in that film. Beautifully done. The music really complements the scenes in that film, so... and. Dear if you ever watch any of his films, oh god, he he knows how to use sound <laughs> in his films. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, what was it? The first Hellboy movie wasn't all that great, but the soundtrack was really good. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Same thing with Pacific Rim. Not 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 a big fan of that movie, but you know the soundtrack was pretty good. <laughs> and very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, best best original song. Remember me, Coco. That song was beautiful. Remember Again, me. I have no complaints about that because, like I said, Coco is just a really great movie despite yeah. one fucking flaw, but I'm not going to harp on that. <laughs> yeah. 
but again, when you learn, when you watch the film, you find the meaning behind the song. You're like, oh my god, that that is tear jerking. When you find about the meaning of that oh, song is, within that is, film, it, I'm not gonna lie, it did really yeah. get to me. God, yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, best foreign film, uh, one called A Fantastic Woman, which is a Chile film. So well, I, good I, on. I don't watch foreign films, so I wouldn't I, know. <laughs> I can't. Wa- I don't watch them even, but I do have a mate of mine who do watch w- a lot of world cinema films, so I might actually ask him about it. But good on him for winning it. <laughs> um, best documentary feature. Um, I've not seen Icarus, so I, I can't comment on that. No, I can't really comment on it. I've, I haven't seen any of the documentary things of it. So, so yeah, um, I haven't seen any of the best documentary shorts either. <laughs> Heaven in a um, traffic jam. That's an interesting title, though. I might actually give that a watch now. <laughs> I might actually give that a watch. That's actually a very catchy title for for, for a documentary, you know. Yeah, um, best live action short, um, science, the Science Child. Um, I haven't seen it, but I will go away and have a look at it now. Um, yeah, and um, best animated short called Dear um, Baseball, which I have saw something for it, but I don't know what it's about, but. Yeah, it's something to give a look at. And apart from that, yeah, that's pretty much was the list of what awards. Like I said, I I think that um, I I think that this year was like really disappointing because like there wasn't like I mean the movies that I kind of wanted to get nominated didn't get nominated. Like I said, Logan deserved much more than was given, and I think the Disaster Artist is a you know the. Probably my favorite movie of of last year, hands down. I don't think any anything can beat it. I'm actually kind of shocked Wonder Woman didn't get nominated for anything. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised it didn't get nominated for um, Best Costume Design or or Production Design or something like that, you know? I mean, give him something. I mean, the movie was, like, really decent. I'm not going to say good. I'm not going to say amazing, uh, but it was really good. And with the costume design and production design, they really captured the whole element that was set during World War I. So that's what I'm really surprised about. Or at least so. cinematography. Cinematography oh, is yeah. really good. Yeah, cinematography. But, but again, it's like, I just hate this idea that, like, anything that, um, like, anything that is, is like, related to comic books has to, like, get, like, a, a a small award. Like, okay, we'll give you, like, best visual effects or whatever. We give you a nomination yeah. in that category. <laughs> you You can say you've been nominated for an Oscar. But we're not going to give it to you. But you can put it somewhere on the DVD box when you release it, say nominated for this. Or what was it? Um, I think the only the only major one that won uh, the superhero movie was Heath Ledger for um, for Dark Knight. Yeah, that film won for Heath Ledger and also for sound mixing and sound editing as well. That actually that actually won three awards actually. Yeah, sound editing, sound mixing, and for best supporting actor. Yeah, and and then you know I I remember back in 2012 everyone got upset like Dark Knight Rises didn't get nominated for anything. And I'm like, have you actually seen the fucking movie? It's it, it's a terrible film. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it is a terrible film. Why on earth should it be nominated for anything? Because Nolan fanboys can't accept that he doesn't get nominated for everything. <laughs> it's it's like one of those things. It's like yeah, I oh my god, it is annoying, but. But anyway, the Oscars were good. Um, I mean, they, they were decent. I mean, uh, yeah, they were decent. Yeah, they, they were decent, and there were some films that deserved what what they got, and some films that didn't. But 
at the end of the day, it's, it's all judgmental and it's all opinionated. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, is it going to stop my enjoyment of the disaster artist? No, not really. I still think that was the best movie of 2017. It's basically down to personal preference. Basically, yeah. if you recognize something as a good film, you recognize it as a good film. If not, eh, that's, that's, that's someone else's opinion. Like I said, my top three movies of 2017 are Wonder Woman, Disaster Artist, and Logan. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, speaking of a disaster. Hey, remember, <laughs> um, remember, um, uh, a couple of years ago, there was this whole talk of a reboot, uh, follow up. And we talked about it on this show. And yeah, we and said then it looked awful. <laughs> and we said, and but before that, we were like, "This is going to be awful." But then we also said that, "Oh, this could be really awesome." And it had the original team behind it, and the original crew, some of the original creators, and they have just now released a trailer for it. And originally, like it was like supposed to air on television, but they couldn't be bothered, so they're just like, "Oh, fuck it, go straight to Netflix and." Oh boy! <laughs> we can see why. Um, just out of curiosity, when did reboot became Code Ryoko? I, I hate to be the current year guy because I hate this fucking argument, but it's 2018, and and screen and and TV TV writers still don't know what a fucking hacker is. No, oh my god! It. I just sit down and watch the film, and I'm basically just like, um, well, I'm just sitting there watching this trailer, and I'm like, okay, you're killing it, you're killing it. You, kill you know the one bit that killed me the most in that whole trailer what? was their version of Megabyte. Tony J is doing backflips in his grave. Oh, and it's just not me being picky about it just because I'm a original fan of the property that actually grew, both of us grew up watching it during the time it was on. And for those uh, that don't know, uh, Reboot never got a proper ending. It didn't have done a fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, which is even sucks even more. And this just feels like a bunch of executives sat in a room, went, "Okay, a bunch of old people, a bunch of older people, um, kids who were kids when this came out, now are adults and will probably have kids of their own now that saw this. Let's release this so they can show their kids and they can tell them how good it is, and then the kids can watch it." And I'm just like, "Okay, you're trying to make it gritty. You're trying to make it hip. You're trying to." throw stuff at it. You're trying to throw live action into animation and it just, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And it, it feels like it's ripping off a bunch of different things. The biggest one being Code Ryoko. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that fucking awful Power Rangers movie that we got last year. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh my god, yeah. What? Oh my god. It really it is really frustrating because like, it's one of these things. When will people learn, don't piss off the original fans of a franchise because at the end of the day they will always will be around and stick around if you pick up new fans from a new interpretation great that what will you want but then you do stuff like this you try to release something base it on hype of this and also don't you find it funny as well the company rechanged their name back to mainframe studios because of this film Oh, before that, they were Rainmaker, but because they couldn't release it as as under Rainmaker, they're like, oh, we gotta pander to the nostalgia crowd, so we're mainframe again. Fuck yeah. you. No, you're not. The real mainframe yeah, died in 2001. It is funny, underneath it, in really small text, it actually says on the logo, a division of WoW Ultimate Media. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, oh. Because to me, the real mainframe, again, closed down in 2001, 
And I don't care if they relabeled themselves Rainmaker or whatever the fuck. It's dead, okay? Just leave it in the past. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the only television place this is actually getting released is in Canada. And that's because this is the company that made it is a Canadian show. So, but which makes me wonder why even bother releasing it on Netflix for everyone else. I, I can imagine they couldn't get um, a TV deal. <laughs> no, I just don't. I just don't think any network wanted to pick it up. I mean, because it it, it kind of reeks of a fucking 2009 era Cartoon Network show. <laughs> and also, as well, when you look at like inside their suits, when they when you see the teenagers inside the suits and stuff, like that, I went, "Oh my god, this is so Iron Man, Marvel stuff." You know, it's Iron Man. Some of the designs look like fucking Overwatch characters. It's just a mess. Megatron, uh, Megabyte, uh, not Megatron. Um, <laughs> Megabyte just looks awful. He got these big, massive eyebrows and these goofy little eyes, and the headpiece with the red spikes look ridiculous. You know. I mean, here's the thing. Um, in the original series, Megabyte started out as a normal virus, but then he became a Trojan virus at the end of um, the, the series. And to see yeah. him be, be devolve into a fucking minion is just wrong on so many levels. Yeah, because when you see Megabyte, you're like, oh my god, that's a scary motherfucker. He, back in the day, with that sort of animation and sort of he was scary. And he did some scary stuff. He was an intimidating present. This one... Looks like he belongs in a Ratchet and Clank game, a reject rejected Ratchet and Clank game, nonetheless. I mean, and it's weird. It's like it looks like a design from uh, Ratchet and Clank meets Metal Sonic for some odd reason. <laughs> oh god! Now you mention, I actually see the Sonicness in it. Oh my god! And and of course, you know, because this was made by people who have who have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They're like, okay, he's a bad guy. What does he sound like? Oh, just give him a deep voice. Even though yeah. Megabyte spoke in a British accent, and he did have a deep voice, but he was calm, collective, barely lo- very rarely lost his temper. But who gives a shit about that? Just make him have a deep voice. Yeah, and don't you feel as well, the inside of the network, inside mainframe as well, looks very Tron-esque as well. Because again, they, these guys have never watched the original series and don't get uh. that the whole point of mainframe was that... Um, it was meant to be a city inside a computer. Yeah, it was supposed to be a virtual interface of an operating system. Yep. Didn't, yeah. And, oh my god, I don't know, I just... I, uh, um, I'm all those just... loose, All those loose story treads will never get resolved. No, and because of this, we probably will never see. They will never, ever bother to touch reboot after this again, which is kind of sad. Actually. Which is depressing because Gavin Blair, one of the showrunners, has tried desperately to get some sort of conclusion out there. And to this day, if you ask him about uh, the conclusion, he's like, I have an idea, but I can't tell you about it. I want to I wanna do it, you know. Yeah. I want to do it my own way because it's really good. But of course. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, originally they wanted to do that comic book that came out quite a few years ago, didn't they? And they originally yeah, they, they, they said. They did the webcomic, and then Gavin Blair came out and said, it's non it's canon, we're working on a movie. They tried getting a movie off the ground. We saw a couple trailers and teasers for that, but nothing came of it because no studio wanted to pick it up. And now this. This just feels like they had an idea in the pipeline, but. The studio's like, okay, we need brand recognition straight away on this, and 
oh, what about that reboot thing? That's all deal with computers and stuff like that. Maybe this property might go well with this idea we have. It yeah. just... Yeah, uh, it, is, it really is called Lyoko, but even more yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, and also Code Lyoko had a live-action series as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. <laughs> and that, well, again, that live-action series wasn't great, but it did did no harm. <laughs> but I feel like this one is going to get a lot more notoriety because... I think Reboot has a more notoriety cult following than Code Lyoko does. Yeah, because a lot of fans, myself included, have wanted a legit conclusion to Reboot for years now, and we never got it. No, I mean, and, I wouldn't just be... And it, and it makes me sad because we're getting conclusions to series now with Hey Arnold and Samurai Jack, and I'm kind of thinking, when yeah. are we going to get the Reboot conclusion we wanted? Yeah. That would mean we, we might even get a Reboot with Rocco's Modern Life. Um, with the, that film they're bringing out, so there's that as well. It's like, oh my god, we're getting conclusions to almost everything now. Zim but, is getting a conclusion, which something I never thought would would even be possible, but we're getting that, and it's just like, you, and then you look at this shit, and you're like, god damn it! Oh, I'm I'm just wondering how much money did they have to spend on this because it it doesn't look cheap, cheap, you know, but it looks like. Like they put money into it, but because they really announced this because they announced this back in 2015, and they yep. sat on this for two years. Did it because it took that long to make, or did it was it because they couldn't find a network to pick it up for them? So they yeah, finally they, went to they, Netflix. They sat on it for two years. I think they 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 got the production <coughs> done in I think late 2016. Yeah, and they just didn't didn't know what to do with it because they didn't they didn't have anyone to pick them up, and they're like, okay, fuck it, just go Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I think the only network that's actually showing it is the original Canadian con- um, network that owns part own part of the rights to reboot, so uh, they can show it. Yeah, so they can show it without any well spending any money. To be honest, that's the only reason why. Because they own that, part of the rights. That's why in one scene you see the white TV mascot in the background. Yeah. Uh, and that's another reason why they couldn't um, they couldn't get a movie off the ground because you know YTV owns some of the rights and they're like ah oh, you know you know we we kind of have the final say because we have we own half of this so yeah yeah because originally so... originally the show aired on ABC and ABC owned it. But then ABC yeah. thought it was too violent, and they canceled it. And then you know, YTV oh. picked it up, and then you know, oh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. That's how. Um, that's the reason why here in the UK we didn't get the final season of reboot to be shown here in the UK. Yeah, because because of the y- it was deeply violence. Yeah, and because YTV picked it up, and when oh, YTV yeah. picked it up, it got more darker and violent because they didn't have to deal with the ABC censors. Yeah, I mean, and reboot as a whole series, it really captures that time period of internet stuff. And the thing with reboot is that you can easily, and I mean easily, um, do this show. You can easily make this show. You can easily modernize this show to a certain extent, you know, because it's te- technology. You can update it. You can do stuff with it, you know. But I think they just, like I said, they were just lazy with this. They didn't know the property. They just wanted the name reboot because of the brand recognition. And and, and all the and all the stuff inside the virtual computer world looks nothing like reboot. 
no. It looks more like Tron. It looks like Koji Oku. Megabyte just looks god awful with giant robotic eyebrows for some odd reason. And he's carrying a staff, which he never had in the series. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can think I remember him having, he had like um, a hover pad or something like that. He sat on the chair. That's about it. Yep. Oh my. Yeah. God awful. So, moving on to other shitty news. <laughs> oh boy. So I remember a couple, I think two weeks ago we were talking about Dan Slott and it's like, oh, you know, when's his run going to end on Spider-Man? Oh, well, God. <sighs> uh, you know, I can read it right now. Have you read the last few issues of Dan Slott's Spider-Man? I have stayed away from that crap for years. Right. I, I, I just couldn't. After Clone Conspiracy, I'm like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> okay, it, it, it gets weird. Um, he's kind of semi put Mary Jane and Peter back together. And it's literally right the issue before 800 and the, before the last issue he was going to write. Apparently, what is it? Peter met up with Mary Jane. They start talking. Now know where they started kissing, start banging each other in literally like one page. And I know Dan Slott. How much of a dick do you think he's going to be in that 800 issue? He will have the audacity and the balls to kill off Mary Jane. I don't think he will. I can see him doing it. <laughs> and I can see Marvel editorial glazing over it and letting it happen. I, mean, Marvel... well, I don't think they will because, you know, unless they really want a dumb gimmick... Which well, they they brought them, in the, they, they will they brought in a new goblin called the Demon Goblin. Oh, Red Goblin. Yeah, Red Goblin's back because and that is, that is uh, original for you. So they brought in Red Goblin. It it's kind of telegraph what's going to happen. Mary Jane and Peter are going to get back together. Everyone's going to pick up the issue. See them that they got their relationship back together. Um, Red Goblin's going to kidnap Mary Jane, and they're going to have a big fight on the Brooklyn Bridge. And then it turns out Mary Jane had an affair with the Red Goblin and had his two bastard kids. <laughs> Gwen, is that you? Yep, that uh, is still canon, and I fucking hate you all. Yeah, but I don't... It's just some really stupid stuff that's going on, but in some way, I'm a, it's one of these stupid things. Like, I'm glad that Dan Slot's going, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually glad you are going, because now we actually can get someone else to write this now but and then it's nick spencer and it's like fuck <laughs> why why the fuck you get nick spencer out of all the fucking comic book writers you get nick spencer not uh not gary conway not the guy who gave us uh, not not gary conway <laughs> oh my god you know the guy who wrote uh, the 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 Spider Man book with Spider Man Mary Jane being married. You the one that everyone liked. Renew your vows. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Not the guy who made uh, uh, Carnage interesting in his run. No, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he should have got that job. Why on earth would you give it to Nick Spencer? Okay, right, I get it. He's known for the creator slash owner titles of Image Comics and stuff like that. He's done some D 
decent stuff, and he has worked uh, on look, action comics. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Nick Spencer is a fucking asshole. Let's not even pretend that he's not. <laughs> I mean, when you look at his credit of work, I don't want to bash the guy too much, but really, him. Uh, I mean, this is the guy who sat on, on Twitter fucking yelling at people for disliking Secret um, Secret War. Yeah. This is the guy you want to write Spider-Man. This is the same guy who um, who uh, uh, shit-talked DC when they were doing Rebirth. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and this is the same guy who fucking blocks and screams at people for, um, for well, doing anything that, that uh, well, any, any criticism, any criticism towards him. He will fucking defend his garbage Captain America run. I know that for a fact. And Thunder he... Agents. Yep. That was a thing he did. Yep. That wasn't good. That was terrible. And 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 and, and I remember the day when the last issue of Secret War came out. Uh, Secret War came out, and everyone gave him shit for it, and said how fucking of a, a terrible, terrible retcon <laughs> towards the end of of that series. Or it's like, oh no! Turns out that uh, the the evil Captain America that we said was altered, and that he was. Um, he was uh, evil all the time. Turned out to be an evil clone this entire time. And the good Captain America was just trapped in the Cosmic Cube. Fuck off. Just fuck <sighs> off with that bullshit. I don't know, man. I don't think this is going to go end well. I don't think... He's the I reason don't... no one takes Steve Rogers seriously anymore in the comics. And this yeah. is the guy you want to write for Peter Parker. This is That's the amazing. guy... I mean, I would say this again. His Steve Rogers run was probably the only good thing that was in the Secret World War stuff. But again, he was the guy writing Secret Wars and all the good stuff that should have been in Secret Wars. He was writing for Captain America. Because again, it's okay to half-ass shit when it comes to crossovers, but you know, <laughs> God Almighty! It, I mean, you go for this man's biography to see what he's done and stuff like that. Fair enough, he has a very good portfolio. He's worked on a lot of stuff. And I mean a lot, literally. Go go and look at the guy's portfolio. He's worked on a lot. Again, he worked on Avengers. He's primarily worked on a lot of team books, to be honest. And, oh, I just, I just, don't, know. I just don't know. I don't think he's the ideal choice. I think they should have gone, gone with someone. I think Marvel trying to play it way too safe here. They should have gone with someone like the guy who worked on the Renew Your Bow comic book, or possibly go with someone new. Or, like, give someone I mean, a... I, I know he's a controversial character, but I would like to see Mike, Mike Costa uh, write for Spider-Man. Yeah, give someone new. Uh, again, we're going to end up with the same old crap again. It's kind of... It's kind it's of like, like Brand New Day. Remember that back in 2007 after after yeah. <laughs> one more I mean, day? And also, again, this guy's... What was it? He's only worked on, like, two Spider-Man book, book lines, and I think that was... Um, was it? He did Spider Island Cloak and Dagger, which was a tie-in for it. Didn't read it. Don't hear many. Don't hear a lot of people raving about about it. Then he did um, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which I've heard okay things about it, and it got praises from critics and fans. Yeah, but, but this was back in his early career. Like this is way before. You know, <clears throat> this was back when he gave a shit about writing. Yeah, before he became but, fucking lazy. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done some okay stuff, but 
again, after Secret Wars, why on earth would you give this book to the guy who did Secret Empire? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the comic that everyone in the fucking Marvel company either doesn't want to acknowledge that it exists, or just to acknowledge it, to just say Secret Wars was a bad idea and shouldn't have happened. Yeah, because it's just, it's, it's so lame. It's just, oh, well, you know, what if fucking Captain America was a Nazi? And what if he's similar to a similar, um, president right now? Oh, I'm I'm very (coughs) clever. (laughs) Fuck off. God. I can't, to be honest, I can't, I can see this getting very, very satire Oh, because this is something I fucking hate about Spencer. Is that he has to shove in his dumb pol- political bullshit when it's not needed. His Sam Wilson run could have been fine, had, but he, all he did was sit on his fucking soapbox and just take jabs at the political um, opposition instead of telling a fucking decent story. And the book suffered for it because yeah. he couldn't let go of his couldn't let go of his ego. He just oh, couldn't. It, it, it's annoying when writers do that. I notice it the same. The guy, the, the writer who worked on Black Panther, he has the exact same problem. And funny enough, he's going on to write the Captain America book now, that guy. Yeah, because, you know, let's replace one opinionated shithead with another opinionated shithead. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> Every, everything, everything can go wrong. Like, this is my, this is my problem. It's like, okay, fine. I'm not saying you can't do a story about <coughs> politics, but at the same time, if you're just gonna shove your fucking views in a book and tell me, and just use your use the comic as just a way for you to vent about your fucking political frustrations instead of telling a good story, then why the fuck am I bothering reading it? You know? uh, yeah, why do why don't you just go on Twitter and rant and rave like everyone else? about your political agendas again Dan Slott does it all the time you can give him a lot of shit but at least you can't say he doesn't vent his fucking opinions online I mean (laughs) that's the only that's the only positive I have about Slott is like he keeps his political bullshit outside of his work and that's it (laughs) (coughs) I got a feeling Dan Slott's gonna bugger off to DC you think so I I don't think so yeah yeah, you don't think so because uh, did you hear that DC introduced a new um, a new policy with them on when it comes to Twitter? They said you you know you can't act like a complete fucking idiot, otherwise you'll get in trouble with us. Well, they didn't stop them from. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, you you got a point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was just about to say, hang on a minute, no, but this writer did this. I went, no, hang on, that's another Marvel writer. <laughs> yeah, because that's another problem Marvel has right now. They don't keep their fucking social media guys on on a leash because they don't realize that like when you act like a fucking idiot online you're gonna alienate readers okay you're just gonna do that because they look at you and you act like a fucking idiot they're like okay i'm not gonna support this guy fuck him yeah yeah because you don't want to invest your time and money into someone just just to know that they're gonna get everyone else in trouble because of their because their opinions and whatnot you know yeah it's just like oh i mean and that's the thing it's like Say what you will about fucking um, Solid Snake David Heater and, and his politics, but at least he was fucking smart enough to create two fucking Twitter accounts, one for politics and one for regular shit. Yeah. So, there you go. I don't understand why no one can do that as well. 
Just create two Twitter accounts if you're that fucking, if you want to be an opinionated shithead. Do it on another Twitter account where I don't follow you for if I want updates. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, maybe, honestly, I don't, I, I don't know how this run's going to happen. I don't feel that. This it's is going to be going... another one of those, oh, Marvel now relaunches with a new number one, and it just sells really good, and then they're like, oh, it's it's selling really good, guys, and then issue two comes out, and it sells really poorly, and then it just fucking tanks in the sales. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the thing that hurts comic companies more is that not redoing number ones, but it's the sale figures, because you re-release number one, they sell really well, Right. So it lasts for like a few months and then your sell numbers start to go down because you don't change your practices or you don't change the creative team. You don't change anything to it. And then when you get the executives coming in, looking at the, um, at the numbers sale declining very, very fast because of how high they were and how fast they're declining going downwards, you're going to get people, you're going to get them looking at it and say, okay, why is this keep happening? Yeah. And, you know? and then they're going, they're going to like, uh, cancel a lot of books, and then they're gonna they're gonna reshuffle. They might move the whole Marvel Studio company to LA so they can keep buying them more. Yep. And it's Disney; they will do that. They have been known to move around companies, and uh, Marvel is one of these companies. They've always been based in New York. You move them to LA, they're gonna lose more, over half of the, their writers because of it. Yeah, and I think it should be separate. The comics should be separate from the movies, but they don't understand that. They're like, okay, everything has to be like the movies because, you know, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. The the thing that needs to be done with the comics, they need... Because the thing is, like, when you look at DC, there's a chain of command. Like, you've got, like, a Jeff John, you've got a Jim Lee there. You've got these figureheads that are running the company and looking over it. At Marvel, there isn't really anyone there that really knows the ins out of the company and really is running it. It's literally letting the, it's the same case. I would say like WCW, you're letting the inmates run the asylum in that sense. Yeah. And you really got no, it's like, it's just one of those things where I see Marvel writers and creative people get involved in Twitter beefs instead of doing anything productive. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, imagine all that energy you spent wasting your fucking time on Twitter. Imagine if you use that energy to to put out a really good book. Nope. And and all you did was just all you have to do is just put out a quality product, tell people to buy your product on Twitter, and there you go. That's all I want. And the I don't, don't want to. I don't want to follow someone on Twitter to to and see and and just listen to them talk uh, about fucking politics i just don't i'm sorry like i i want i you know if i'm a fan of someone's work i'm gonna follow them to see if i'm updated on stuff and i'm not saying all comic book writers and and um and people are like that i know kevin eastman and and tom waltz uh the team and t guys are not aren't like that thank fucking god <laughs> because <laughs> yeah did, awful. seriously thank god yeah <laughs> It's just, but it is polarizing because it's like, you know, social media shouldn't, I mean, I'm not saying, okay, don't talk about politics or whatever. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm just saying, like, understand that that the way you act on social media is the make it or break it point between getting new readers and alienating old ones. Yeah. 
and on that on that news, um, Marvel, you've gone dumb goof again. I will say this: the best thing Marvel mm. has going for it right now is probably the movies, and that's it. Oh yeah, definitely. Outside of that, they're getting trounced. Yeah. By DC on every single front. Yeah. And I will say this, um, I'm not really a big Avengers movie fan, but I will say that um, Thor's design in uh, Infinity War has, has to be my favorite Thor design of all time. I fucking love oh. that design. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have, have, have you seen the toy model they released of it? Yeah, I posted that on Facebook. I'm like, wow, this is really good. I might actually yeah. buy this. <laughs> yeah, really- because I saw it, I went, I went yeah, you, yeah, you're going to like this, aren't you? <laughs> Cause it looks cool. I'm sorry. I mean, I always liked Thor. I always liked Chris Hemsworth. I mean, even even though Thor, even though the Thor movies haven't been all that great. <laughs> I mean, the last one was fun. The last one was good, but again, it was such oh, a jarring film. God. I did not like Thor Ragnarok. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, it's been in for the Dark World. Yeah, but that's not really <laughs> saying much, now, is it? Yeah, true, but still, it was better than it was. It's better than *Fall the Dark World*, and *Fall the Dark World* is the worst Marvel film out the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And anyone who disagrees, um, I, are you I would high? say like the the top three, bottom for me were are *Thor: The Dark World*, *Thor: Ragnarok*, and *Guardians 2*. I, I would put cool. *Iron Man*. I would put *Iron Man 2*. Oh yeah, *Iron Man 2* as well. Again, again, so Iron Man 2 is so forgetful. <laughs> the probably only good thing in that film is the guy who played Justin Hammond, and that was it. Oh, who won an Oscar. For... Yeah, funny enough, yeah. He's a, good act- he's a good actor, and he's really, really funny. In, um, in, 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 it was really good in Marvel, um, Iron Man 2. And even that little spin-off, even that little spin-off short film they did, um, what was it, The King or something like that. Oh, you mean the, oh, don't worry, guys, we're going to retcon this, and we're going <clears> to... <throat> We're, it's gonna build up to something. Nope. <laughs> we are not gonna reference the Seven Rings ever again. Ever. No, and seriously. It's, it's we're, never, we're never gonna address like, this. It's such a shame because D- Downey Jr. is like, I wanna do Iron Man 4. Please let me do Iron Man 4. <laughs> and, and, and then Disney's, Disney and Marvel's like, nope, you're too expensive. <laughs> but we're happy enough to, to, to have you in, in, um, in other Marvel films that, so we can justify not paying you as much. Oh god, I fucking Spider Man God (laughs) Yeah. Oh well. That is what it is. Um um anything else on your mind or is that it? No, I think that's it. I think we everything that's happened this week and also anything that's worthwhile. Yeah, so thanks for listening and we'll see you all later. Bye bye. Bye.